0: All right, well, welcome everyone and welcome to you kids. Hey, kids. Okay, kids, I need to hear it a little bit louder. How are you doing? Good to see you here. Thank you for joining us in worship. We love you, and you guys are one of the most special parts of our church. And we're trying, as adults, we want to take Jesus seriously when he said the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, that the kingdom of God belongs to children. And that there is something about each of you kids that we as adults need to learn from. Something about how you receive uh, the love of God or trust God in faith, and that's something we can learn from. And so we're looking to you to see how we can have courage as adults to, to trust God and to take God seriously and to believe in Him and to move forward loving Him. And so thank you so much for being in here. We want to learn from you. And for kids, to bring you up to speed, for the last four weeks, um, we have been talking about how big and strong God is, and so um, I want you to learn today that God is bigger and God is stronger. Can you repeat that? God is? God is? So good. I need you to say that a little bit louder, all right? So God is? Bigger. And God is? Stronger. For the past four weeks, your parents have been learning that lesson, and I'm excited for you to learn it as well. So let's pray. So God, we believe that you are bigger and that you are stronger and that even though there is an enemy, Lord, we believe that you are victorious and that we can walk in the light as you are in the light and that we can be strong and courageous and not be discouraged and not be afraid because you are with us wherever we go. We love you. Would you teach us here today? Amen. So uh, kids, the main verse that we as adults have been working on is this. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And the Son of God, that's Jesus. So the reason Jesus showed up was to destroy the devil's work. And so you might be asking, who is the devil? Well, the devil is God's enemy. He's not nice. Jesus said the devil likes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God is love. God is loving. God is kind God is good, but the devil likes to mess it all up. The devil likes to mess up all the good things that God is doing in the world. Kids, when I was little, when I was in grade three, I was building a pirate Lego uh, ship, and I was really excited. Um, and so this is like in the late 1980s. And so I was really excited. Um, it was, seemed like these gifts were hard to come by, and so I had this Lego pirate ship. And I had completed it. And my brother and I, um, we, share a, we, we had a bunk bed. And so one of my friends came over to play one day. And he jumped off the top of the bunk bed and landed on my pirate ship. And the pieces of Lego went flying all over the room. I remember this moment. And um, I was kneeling down playing. And he jumped on it. And it just destroyed it all. And this is a picture of how the devil works. He wants to jump into our life and destroy things, and to send stuff scattering all over the place. Let me give you an example. The devil wants to mess things up by getting you to believe that God does not love you. The devil wants to mess things up by telling you to be scared of the dark. The devil wants to mess things up by getting you to believe that you should go ahead and break the rules, because no one is ever going to find out. The devil wants to mess things up by getting you to believe that you are not wonderfully special, that you're not God's amazing work of art. But remember, God is bigger and God is stronger. God is? And God is? See, God longs to tell you that he loves you deeply, that you do not need to be afraid of the dark because God is light and he is powerful, that he will give you the strength to follow the rules, and to do what is right. And he will remind you time and time again that you are wonderfully special. That when he made you, he was thrilled. He was so happy, like a piece of art. As he was painting your life, as he was sculpting your life like a potter, he stood back when he was finished, and he says, I love that girl. I love that boy. I love the pieces of art that they are, the truly works of art, right? They're wonderfully special. See, that's the truth of how God sees you. But the devil wants to mess that up. The devil is God's enemy and he wants to lie to you and make you believe that that's not true. But God wants to remind you of the truth, of how loved you are. Now, we're gonna run into a very interesting day in a few days because it's Halloween. And I want to just say, For many of you, all you think about is candy, which is exciting, right? Lots of fun with lots of candy. It's fun to see all of our neighbors wearing funny outfits. Am I right? It's a little bit weird. Um, And it's fun to see the neighborhood that's out and about enjoying the day, right? So there's a lot to enjoy about Halloween. But kids, if I can be honest, one thing that makes me, Matthew, very sad at Halloween is the pictures of evil and darkness, That makes me sad. As followers of Jesus, we actually want to take Jesus seriously, and we believe that evil is real. It's a real thing. It's actually not funny. The devil wants to destroy our lives, and it's nothing to laugh at. So at Halloween, I, as I follow Jesus, I want to avoid celebrating darkness. I don't want to be part of instilling fear into the life of a little one. And so I would encourage each family here Um, to follow Jesus and have a great chat at the dinner table about how to wisely navigate Halloween. As followers of Jesus, I'd encourage you to ask, how would Jesus ask us in a few days to avoid evil and love our neighbor? Okay? Avoid evil and love our neighbor. This is what we call a wisdom question, right? So as we're apprenticed to Jesus, we run into these things that it we're trying to figure out what, how do we do this. It's a wisdom. It's an opportunity to gain wisdom. And it would be a great question for all of you. Kids, make sure you ask your parents. Parents, make sure you ask your kids tonight over dinner. How should we do this? How are we called? Here's the question. On Halloween, how would Jesus want us to avoid evil and love our neighbor? It's an important question. And I'm sure Jesus will give you and your family lots of clarity around that. Now, here are two truths that I want us to learn today. Okay, truth number 1, I am safe in the Father's love, and truth number 2, I am protected by the armor of God. And I'd love for you guys to repeat that after me. Number 1, I am safe in the Father's love. Can you say that? I am safe in the Father's love. And number 2, I'm protected by the armor of God. Can you say that? I'm protected by the of God. All right, two points. Here we go. Point number 1, I am safe in the Father's love. So kids, some of you um, may know your father. You may know your dad, your daddy. And some of you may not know uh, who your dad is. And maybe it's been a long time since you've seen your daddy. But I want to give you some really good news. Whether you know your dad or not, you have a father in heaven that loves you so much. Loves you so much. He's so proud of you. He's so strong. And sometimes we think that the devil is as strong as God. Our father, right? He thinks that the devil's as strong as God, or maybe we're like, well, he's probably just like a little less strong than God, Uh, but we kind of think that they're equal, right? Now I think I'm going to tell you in a second that that's not true. That God is billions of times bigger than than the devil. But the reason why we kind of think that maybe God and the devil are kind of have equal power is because we. We like superheroes, and we talk a lot about, we see lots of stories where there's a good guy and a bad guy, and they always seem to have kind of equal power. Now, for the youngest kids here, let me ask you this. Who are Winnie the Pooh's enemies? Do you, do you know? Can you shout it out? Who is en- enemies is a strong word in the 100-acre woods, okay? So just maybe enemies is not the right word. Um, The heffalumps, that's right, the heffalumps, that's right. Let's see a picture of these uh, heffalumps. These are the honey-eating creatures that look like elephants, right? Um, Who, okay, so what about Paw Patrol? Who's the enemy on Paw Patrol? Mayor Humdinger, Humdinger. that's right, Mayor Humdinger. That's right, correct. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's always got to learn a lot of lessons, that mayor. Um, Some of us wish all of our mayors uh, would learn lessons, too, Um, So 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 what about for the slightly older kids? Um, So who is uh, Batman's enemy? The Joker. That's right. And who's the most famous villain in the Marvel Universe? Thanos. That's right. And who's the dragon in the novel The Hobbit? Smaug. That's right. That's right. Okay. The older kids know your stuff. Um, I did hear some adults in the room, too. That's good. Good for you. Um, Now, here's the deal. Uh, All all of these enemies sometimes have a lot of power over the hero of the story. But that is not the case in the Bible. The Bible shows us that God is so much bigger than the devil. It's not 50-50 like some of these stories, right, where we have a good guy and a bad guy. It's not 50-50. The devil does not have the same strength. No, because remember, God is... And God is? So who's stronger, you or the little ant that you find walking on the sidewalk? You, me, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So who's stronger, you or the fly that you swat away from your food? You're stronger. Yeah. Who's stronger, you or the mosquito that you kill on your arm when it tries to bite you? No, the mosquito's not stronger. You're stronger. Right? You're stronger. See, the thing is, in the same way, that's what the devil is like. He's a little ant. He's a fly that needs to be swatted away. He's a mosquito, right? And he is not the same. God is so much bigger and so much stronger than the devil. And the reason I tell you that is because I want you to have hope that God is so much stronger. Listen to the Bible when Jesus' younger brother James said this, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He'll flee. He runs away. You see, you belong to God. God is bigger and stronger. And so when you resist the devil, he's got to run away, right? Have you ever stepped on a cat's tail? We've done this accidentally as we now have a new cat in our home. What do they do? Right? Right? They run away. They, They make this noise, right? And this is what the enemy will do. He has to flee. Whenever you speak the name of Jesus. And, and let me say something about that. Kids, I have been afraid many times in my life. And I've been discouraged, right? And, and I've sometimes felt a darkness around me. And what I've said in those moments is I've spoken the name of Jesus, right? And I want to tell you, you can do this too. Now, you're like, what's in a name? What is a name? Well, a name is someone's character. Like if I said my name Matthew... You don't just think of the words, Matthew, you think of me, you think of my life, right? If I said your name, I wouldn't just think of your actual name, I would think of you and who you are and your character and how strong you are. And so so what I wanna say to you is this, when you are afraid, you can speak the name of Jesus. And Jesus' name is incredibly powerful because it's him, it's his character. And so you speak the name of Jesus and the enemy has to run away, right? He's got to flee. See, Paul, who loved Jesus, he wrote this in Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. He says, the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. And that is God's truth. That's God's truth. He'll protect you, and you're safe in the Father's loving arms. So that was point number one. You're safe in the Father's loving arms. Okay, number two, second thing we wanna talk about today, is that I am protected by the armor of God. I'm protected by the armor of God. Now, Paul, who loved Jesus, wrote a letter to Christians 2,000 years ago. And in this letter, he talked about armor, which I think is pretty cool. How many of you love castles and, like, swords and shields? And anyone love that kind of stuff? Anyone love castles? You, like, like, just love—not as many in the first service. Okay, that's cool. Um, And so anyway, but this, I've always loved it. I've always loved castles and swords and shields. And I think it's pretty amazing. And Paul says that we're protected from the devil when we wear armor. Armor. He says this, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. See, the devil is going to try to jump upon your life and mess things up, right? Remember my Lego pirate ship? He's going to do that. So Paul says, you got to put on some armor, okay? And the armor, this is all a picture. It's a metaphor for, for how we uh, fight the devil. So um, now the devil is going to try to discourage us and lie to us. So we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared. How many of you have ever shown up somewhere feeling really unprepared? Have You ever felt that before? Yes, I'm sure we could all raise our hands, and we're thinking of very embarrassing moments. For me, it was a moment when our church had a soccer team, and I thought, I grew up playing soccer for many years. I think I'll just naturally just join the church soccer team. And so I showed up for practice number one, and I showed up without cleats, and I showed up without shin guards, and I showed up without fitness. That's the, that's the third <laughs> key thing. I, failed to show up with and so as we started to play I guess my body was not working the way my 16 year old body used to work when I played soccer and um, I was having a rough time and this was supposed to just be practice number one and uh, like for instance one time I was just running after the ball and I was running and then I slowly just fell and there was no hole there was it was flat it was grass It was just me losing energy and just slowly falling into the field. And then I got a massive cramp. And a guy at our church, Rudy Eckert, helped me figure out that cramp in my leg. Because I was just, I was done. And he had some extra shin guards for me. So anyway, I showed up unprepared. So in the spiritual realm, this is not a good idea. So what Paul's saying is that in the spiritual realm, we show up prepared. Ready uh, to uh, defeat the devil. And to resist the devil. Because he'll flee when we do this. So we come prepared and he says, put on the full armor of God, which is really interesting because Paul wrote this letter when he was probably in prison. And so he very likely had a couple Roman guards standing near him. And, um, and you can probably see a picture of a Roman soldier. I think we have a picture, right? There's the Roman soldier. And so maybe a couple people like this and he's writing his letter and he's like, this is a, an amazing picture of what it looks like to stand guard. But you know the really cool thing is that not only is Paul using this kind of image of a Roman soldier, he's actually using a way older Bible image. So if you read your Bible in in Isaiah chapter 59, this is the armor of God, because God wears this armor. When you read Isaiah 59, God puts on this armor. And so really, when we put on this armor, we're putting on what God wears himself, which I think is pretty awesome. So, Um, When we think about the armor of God, what we want to do is we, we want to hear it read, and I want to invite my friend Josie up on stage. I don't know where she is. Oh, here she is. Hi, Josie. You want to come on up? And she is going to read for us the passage from the Bible. Thank you so much. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word, which is the word of God. Thank you so much, Josie. That is amazing. Can we thank Josie? Awesome. Can I give you a high five? Boom, perfect, perfect. So good. Thank you for reading that. It's amazing. That's God's word. So thank you, Josie. And as you heard Josie read, she read about six things. So six pieces of armor. So the belt of truth, the the breastplate of righteousness, the blessed plate of righteousness, yes, that too, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, a shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Okay? So we're going to unpack these six. And uh, we we, we need to understand this equipment, so I've asked my son Micah to join me up on stage. So Micah, you come on up, and uh, he's going to be my big helper. Come on over here. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to explore the idea of of the armor of God. Um, We're going to explore it um, using uh, hockey. And so uh, hopefully this is helpful uh, both for uh, Canadians here in the room, and, um, and also, uh, yeah, we didn't have, you know, kind of any armor at our house. So uh, this would be the closest we can come to armor. So thanks, buddy, I can give you a high five. Thanks for helping me out. Um, okay, so we're gonna start here with the belt of truth. And so, Micah, can you uh, put on your uh, hockey pants there? And uh, so this is the closest thing we have to a belt, and it goes right around the side there. And why is truth important? Um, this is the belt of truth. Why is truth important? Because with truth, and we looked at this last week, adults, but with truth, we attack the lies of the enemy. We only, we fight our battles with truth. And here's the deal. When it comes to truth, um, sometimes, I- I'm going to give an example, sometimes we don't believe that God loves us, right? We don't believe God loves us. And so how do we fight that? How do we fight that? With truth, Right? And, and, how, and what does that look like? Memorizing scriptures. We just saw earlier. So here's a verse that I know many in the room have memorized. For God so what? Loved the world. That he did what? He gave his only? That whoever believes him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so when I start to believe that God doesn't love me, right? I remember the truth that is around, around me. And I just say, God so loved the world. That is not true. Yeah. So next, um, uh, we remember that we are supposed to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as Micah puts on the breastplate of righteousness, um, he's also going to put on his jersey as well. And the breastplate of righteousness protects the core of who we are. I would say it protects our true identity of who we are. And so here's the deal. Who are you? For those of you who have given your lives to Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. So I'm going to ask you a question. Who are you? You are? Say, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. That's my identity. Now, how did you become a child of God? Um, Because there was a great exchange that happened. That you gave. uh, (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) So (laughs) that you, you gave God your old life. And what did God give you? A new life. He gave you a brand new life, and you are now a child of God. That is who you are. It's your identity, and it protects, the, it protects the core of who you are, right? And so just remember that. You put that on, and you put on a jersey. Whose team are you on? You're on God's team, right? That's, that's whose team you're on. And, um, and, uh, and so this, this reminds us of who we are, and Micah has, uh, this is the team he's currently on. He's also selected number 12. Why Why'd you select number 12, Micah? For, Jer- for Jerome Eginla, that's right. For Jerome Eginla, right, his favorite player. And so there's a sense in which, like, there's a sense in which the, the, the team that I am on, I'm reminded that this is the team. This is the winning team. I'm on Jesus' team. Okay, so the next thing we do is we put on the shoes of peace. And uh, Micah is not going to put on his skates because, as all of you hockey players know, this takes way too long to do, to tie skates really well. Uh, But he's going to hold up those skates to to remember this. Um, There in the Roman Empire, there were these runners that would run all across the empire, and they would carry with them the good news of what Jesus had done, that Jesus had, sorry, that the empire had won a victory, right? So runners would run all over the Roman Empire going, Caesar won a war, or there's a new king on the throne. And And so what we do as Christians is we put on our feet shoes that remind us that we are carrying the message that Jesus wins, right? That Jesus is the winner, that Jesus won a victory. And friends, every time we share that message, it's a reminder to the devil that he lost. Does that make sense? When we share the good news of Jesus' victory and we put on our feet the gospel of peace, we are reminded, so my son, I need you to be a little bit stiller, a little bit more still. Okay. Thank you for being my helper, but let's be still. So, because so, uh, the Lord, your fight your battle- battles when you're still, something like that. Uh, Exodus 14. <laughs> okay. So, so, we carry that message of victory. So, the shoes of peace. Okay. Number four, um, uh, this is the shield of faith. Now, I want to direct your attention to the screen and see the shield of faith. Uh, The shield of faith is a full Roman shield, this is the image here, that would protect the whole body. It's four foot tall, two and a half feet wide. It was made of leather stretched over wood with this metal reinforcing the top and the bottom. And they were soaked in water in order to extinguish the flames of the enemy. Now, this may look like a defensive posture, but in actuality, um, it's an offensive move. And so Micah's gonna put on these here, these uh, like shin guards or whatever, and uh, they are going... Th- now, it, it looks defensive, but it's actually a forward motion. Um, you know, there's not a lot in the back there. And so he's moving forward, right? And this shield of faith is a shield where we move forward. And, and what are we doing? The enemy is trying to shoot these flaming arrows. But as we move forward, we're moving forward in trust. We're taking a step of faith. It's a shield of faith, Right? And as we move forward, here's what we're doing. We're trusting in God as we make the next step of faith. Because there's many ways in which we're gonna be tempted to not continue to move forward. But as we hold out the shield of faith, we're taking the next step of obedience. And let me just describe how this works. Let's say there's a moment when you feel like you're lonely. And maybe you notice someone else who may not have a friend at school, and and you know that God is asking you to become their friend, right, and to reach out. And so you hold up the shield of faith, and the enemy's going to tell you that you're all alone, that you don't have friends, right? But you hold up the shield of faith, and you take the next step, trusting that you're doing the next right thing as you love your neighbor, And, um, and... And God will meet you as you take that next step of faith, right? It's that next right step. Okay, is this making any sense? Are we tracking? Are we following? Okay, so then uh, the helmet of salvation. So Mike is going to put on this helmet. And this is massively important as we think about about how God saves us. As he puts on the helmet of salvation, we are reminded that, that we are... We've been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. So we've been saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. And that protects our mind. Let me me tell you, you have been saved by Jesus Christ. Today, Jesus is saving you, saving every little part of who you are. And one day we believe in a new heavens and new earth when Jesus will come as king and you will be fully saved. And that protects our mind. That we we actually have a God that loves us and has given his life for us and who who deeply wants to remind us that we are his own. Okay? So the helmet of salvation. And finally, the sword of the Spirit. And so Micah is going to grab this uh, Canadian sword here. uh, And and as he grabs the sword of the Spirit, remember, this... um, like the shield of faith, this is another offensive weapon. Now, notice what it is. It's the, <laughs> slap shot, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the word of God, right? This, it's, the, it's the Holy Spirit who speaks the word of God. Now, let me say this. Here's what I want to say. When we look at Revelation 1 and 19, um, where does the sword, where is the sword when it comes to Jesus? What's it coming out of? His mouth, it comes out of his mouth, that's right. The sword comes out of Jesus' mouth. And that means it's his words, right? His word is truth. And so we fight our battles with the truth of God, which brings us full circle back to the... Um, how are we doing here? <laughs> back to the belt of truth. Okay, um, uh, I need to end this fairly quickly here. But um, So Jesus, Jesus wins by speaking... And so here's, so here's the final thing I want to say with the armor of God. Jesus wins by speaking. So when you kids are without hope or when you don't feel courageous, right, and you wonder if God loves you, the truth of God says the opposite. And look at this verse on the screen. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that's the truth. That's how you fight your battles. All right. So that's the armor of God. Micah, thank you so much. You can... Go put that away. Thanks for being my helper. I'll be honest, in the first service, it worked very smoothly. In the second service, he gained a little bit of uh, courage. so. So, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. I want to tell you something amazing about the armor of God. Let me tell you this. The armor of God is all about relationship with Jesus. And here's why. Notice that the armor is deeply connected to Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the faithful one. Jesus is our salvation. And Jesus is the Word made flesh. So what is the armor? The armor is being clothed by Jesus, clothed in Christ. This means that to wear the armor is to be clothed by him. I know this sounds wild, but it's literally to put Jesus on. Listen to this, Galatians 3. Paul says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Unreal. We're clothed with Christ. We're armored with Christ. This is all about him. This is all about his victory. When Jesus won a victory at the cross and resurrection over the devil, we are clothed and armored in him. That means his victory is our victory. His victory is our victory. And I want to end with a, I want to end with a story. I want to tell you this story, and I have great memories of golfing with my grandfather in Oklahoma. And he would take my brother and and I golfing. And I just want to describe the scenario. When we went golfing, we used um, his clubs at times, but he also purchased our clubs that we would use. And he paid the green fees. And he paid for the cart. And he gave us tons of balls that we would hit, sailing them into all kinds of water, trees, and bushes. And then he had to yell four when we were a little bit older and our shots were strong but not straight. He had to yell four when we sailed the ball into another fairway. And we've always played best ball. Have you played best ball in golf? Right. It just means that the person that has the best shot, everyone shoots from that point, Right. not from their terrible shots before. So we always played best ball. Guess who always got the best ball? My grandpa. He always got the best ball. And so... We, we successfully, as kids, parred and birdied many holes, right? Because we were playing basketball, right, with, with our grandpa. At the end of the day, he bought us snacks, and he drove us home. And so the question I ask is, how much of that game did I do on my own? None of it. None of it, right? How much of that game would have looked dramatically different if he wasn't there? All of it would have all looked dramatically different, right? See, go back to the spiritual realm here. See, putting on the armor of God is another way of saying, hey, we're God's kids and he has fought a battle for us and he's doing everything. He's doing it. He's winning this victory. We're just happily playing best ball with him and he's doing it. And he's fighting our battles, battles, and he is victorious. And at the end of the day, he paid the cost in full, right? At the cross, at the resurrection, he paid for the entire thing in full. And our victory is a victory because he won the victory. So listen to this first verse again. Finally, be strong, what? In the Lord and in his mighty power. And this goes with your verse, Exodus 14:14, right? The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. So, Northean, I want to give you hope. You can be still and know that the Lord is fighting for you. He is on your side. Be clothed with Christ. Be clothed with the armor of God. You're on the winning side. He has won a great victory. And so the two truths that I want to share with you today are these. I'm safe in the Father's love, and I am protected by the armor of God. Can you repeat those again with me? I am, and I am, and as we come to an end, I want to remind every adult and every child in the room the following. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So much greater. So this week, go and have confidence that he is for you that he is with you, that he is bigger, that he is stronger, and that the God of the universe loves each and every one of you. Can we stand together? We're going to worship. We're going to sing to the God that loves us. And I want to let you know our prayer team is here in the prayer room and up front. And our prayer team said that today the theme for prayer um, is this idea of a shield of faith, that maybe you in your life feel like some arrows flaming arrows of the evil one are coming at you, and you're wondering, what's the next right step? Like, what's the next act of obedience, the next good step I can take as the enemy shoots these arrows at me? And our prayer team would love to pray with you. Whatever the situation is in your life that you need that prayer for, would you come forward? And I'd also encourage you as families, if you're here with your children, and you'd want to turn and just pray about this today, that would be wonderful. This whole room would become a prayer room. So King Jesus, as we sing to you, we thank you that you are so much bigger and so much stronger. We thank you that you have won a decisive victory over the devil. We thank you that we are clothed in you, protected by you. And we pray that you would give us the courage and the strength to follow you in obedience, to receive your love, and to recognize that we are living within your great victory. We love you. Amen.